Thank you, guys. Good morning. Um, I'm Mark Fesmeyer, in case you haven't met me before, and uh, we're glad that you are here this morning. We're going to return to our study of 2 Timothy, and before we do that, I have a question for you. So, which for you right now is harder? Is there some problem you're facing? You know, maybe something at work or something with your house or some situation with your health, like... Is there a problem you're facing? Is that harder? Or is it harder to feel like you don't have any support? Like, I, I don't know if you watched the NFL at all this past year, but it was so weird to have empty stadiums. You know, there was no cheering going on. And then baseball was even weirder because, like, you're just not used to it being silent. And they piped in that noise, and that was fake, and it didn't really, you know... I think they did that to cover up the players shouting at each other, but that's a whole other story. The, uh, the point is they didn't seem like the teams were playing with support or encouragement. So which is harder for you, that sense of, like, I don't have community or I don't have a sense of, of like, people being for me or with me in what I'm going through or the problem itself? So let's just take a little a strong vote here. So how many of you would say the problem is harder right now? How many would say the lack of support is harder? And how many of you are not expressing opinion? Okay, all right. Well, we're, we're reading a letter from someone who knew both. Because Paul, as we know in writing this letter to Timothy, is in prison. So he's kind of got a problem. <laughs> Not exactly easy. And he is expecting to die, because this is the last letter that we understand that he wrote. And he also had experienced a lack of support. Don did a great job of teaching us last week about the section before the one we're going to look at and how many had abandoned him. Now, he had some encouragement but he's really feeling alone in this. So what is the encouragement he gives to Timothy? Well, that's what we're going to discover today in 2 Timothy 2, verses 1 and 2. But before we go there, let's do what we always do. Let's pray. So would you just ask the Lord to prepare your heart for what um, he has for you from these two verses, and then I'll pray for it. So just ask the Lord to quiet your heart and help you be able to hear the word this morning. Father, we, we love the fact that we have your word and that we can study it and think about it and, and then apply it. So Lord, I just pray that you would use your word in each of our hearts this morning. Help us to hear from you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Paul has just talked about the fact that he has had this experience of loss of, of support and just kind of a situation. And so he says this to, whoops, to Timothy. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. It's just a short sentence, but it's so rich in, in good encouragement. So he says, you, therefore. So this is his solution. This is his exhortation to Timothy in the light of the things he's just talked about. He'd been encouraged to be strong in, in truth, sound words, and then... He had talked about his, the people abandoning him. 
And so he says, you therefore, my son, and I love that affectionate term. You know, Paul is saying to Timothy, I'm your fan. I'm for you. I love you. I care about you, my son. There's this relationship, this affection that he has. So he's not completely alone. He knows Timothy is there, and he is writing to Timothy to encourage him. I, I have some people who regularly encourage me, and, and I, I just so much appreciate that. Do you have some people like that in your life who regularly encourage you? Well, that's what Paul is being to Timothy. And then he says to him, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. This is an instruction, it's an exhortation, it's a command, it's an imperative. It's not a, you are strong, it's a, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. So the question then is, well, how do you do that? Like, how can you be strong in grace? How can we actually do that? Well, we have to figure out what Paul's talking about in terms of grace. What does he mean by be strong in grace? Because oftentimes when we think of grace, we think of salvation or we think of forgiveness and it's God's attitude towards us. He's willing to be gracious toward us. And that's true, but how do you get strong in that? And I think what we have to understand is grace is broader than just God's attitude toward us. You've heard me talk about Paul's famous words about praying for the thorn to be removed, and God says to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. So grace isn't just about forgiveness, it's also about enablement. It's about being empowered to do something by the work of God in our life. So when he says be strong, he's telling Timothy, you have to learn how to act and live in the power, empowerment, in the strength that God supplies. Now, Jesus says it in a different way. In John 15, he's telling his disciples about how to live in him. And remember, he uses the vine illustration. So he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much Fruit. So we can't bear spiritual fruit apart from being in the vine. There's this connection. There's this, there's this God connection we have with Jesus that allows us to have spiritual results in our life. So being strong in the grace is understanding this life with God, that we're doing the things that we do with God. So practically, what does that look like? Like how... How do we actually do that? Well, it actually involves action. So let me give you an illustration. So let's say one morning on your way to work, you say to the Lord, Father, I want to live in your grace today. I want to do what I do with you empowering me. And then you just lean into Jesus throughout the day asking for his enablement for each of the things you do. You just expect that to happen. So as you begin to do that, you're going to sense his presence and enablement with you. It's, it's that abiding. There's a power in that. You have to act to 
connect with it. Now, what's really wonderful about this power is it's personal. So I brought a couple of AA batteries with me this morning. And just what are some things that you could put AA batteries in? Just shout it out. Like you could put double batteries in what? A remote control. control. Right, right. The TV remote, of course. What else could you put them in? A clock? A child's toy. A child's toy. Flashlight. I mean, there's all kinds of things. But these don't tell you, you can't put me in that. Right? It's impersonal. As long as the little connectors are there, you can stick this in almost anything and it'll work. But the grace of God is not like that. It's personal. So you can't say, God, I want to lie, so help me lie well. Right? Like, you're not going to be able to do evil by God's grace. We don't sin that grace might increase. So that's what's beautiful about this, is it's an enablement to do what is good and right. And that's why Paul tells us that this grace is in Christ Jesus. And so you have a resource that will enable you to do all of the good things that God wants you to do. He's not asking you to do things that you can't do um, apart from him. Like, like, obviously, you can't do it by yourself. You can't produce spiritual fruit by yourself. But you can do it with him. And so that's why Paul is writing to Timothy to be strong in this grace that is in Christ Jesus. That's where you get the encouragement. That's where you get the resources. That's where you get the ability to continue, even when it doesn't seem like you have anybody cheering you on or anyone in your corner and supporting you. So we have this exhortation to be strong in grace. So what do we do with that grace? What do we do with that strength? And so Paul tells us uh, this. He says, the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Okay, now the first thing that you might see here is, is, is teach. And so then you kind of get into this formal education kind of environment. So Paul taught... And and Timothy heard that teaching in the presence of many witnesses. And so he is now going to turn around and pass it on to other teachers who are then going to teach. And we kind of think of our school systems and instruction. And we kind of think of what I'm doing right now, like I'm teaching right now. And so, and you think, well, I'm not a teacher, so this doesn't apply to me. And that is not accurate. So... What's beautiful about this is Paul is, has poured into Timothy's life. He, they minister together. They, they, they walk together. And Paul is telling him, look, you've observed a whole lot in my life. And you have something worth sharing with other people. In Philippians, Paul says it a different way. He says to the Philippians at the end of the book, end of the, little, the, the letter, he says, the things that you've learned, received, heard, and seen in me, practice these things. 
So I want you to think for a minute about who has contributed the most to your spiritual development. Like, who has you learned from that, man, this is, this is why I do some of the things that I do to walk with the Lord. This is where I learned that from. You have someone who has influenced you, who has modeled things for you, who have taught you things. You are who you are because of their influence on your life. You have received something. And that's what Paul is saying to Timothy. I want you to take the things that I've taught you. I want you to take the things that you've learned from me. And I want you to share them with other people. I want you to share them with faithful people around you so that they can then teach others. And what's beautiful about this is you see how this spreads life with God. It spreads living with with God, and it helps other people. That's why I called this spreading the good news or spreading the news, because you see these four generations. You've got Paul, and then Timothy, and then the people Timothy helps, and then the people those people help. And so there's multiple generations here. And the thing that I want you to understand is you've got something to share. The fact that you're even here this morning, the fact that you are seeking to grow at all, means you've got something worth sharing. Now, maybe you need more, and that's fine. Maybe you need to have a Timothy and Paul in your life to help you go further. But that's the beautiful thing. This is possible. And what I love about what, I love about what Paul says is, He says, the things that you have learned and heard and seen and received, I'm sorry, I mixed up the order, but those four things, he says, practice these things. See, to do any of our walk with God, it's not just about having information. If you think about our education system, there's a lot of things where it's just you have ideas, you get thoughts that you can then put back. But you have to learn how to use those things. So math is an example. You might know concepts, but if you can't work the problems, you haven't really learned how to do it. I've been telling you too many times, supposedly, about that I've been trying to learn how to do woodworking. And you can watch all the woodworking videos in the world, but you still haven't actually made anything, right? And then you find that the first time you try to do something, it doesn't look like what the guy did in the YouTube video. It, it, <laughs> But you practice the first time. Like, how do you learn how to pray? Well, you can read a book about prayer. You can go to a a conference on prayer. You can learn a lot from Donnie and Jen about prayer. But until you actually pray, you're not going to learn how to pray. And that's why these things that you know, there are things you know that you may not even realize you know the practices you have in your own life in terms of your walk with God, you may not have even thought about them having value to someone else. So in Timothy here, we're getting this exhortation or this encouragement to not just receive, but to share and encourage and help someone else grow in the kinds of ways that you've learned to grow. So... I want you to think about the fact that you have received something. So think right now about who has influenced you the most. What's helped you the most 
in your Christian life? What's encouraged you? What's, what's given you um, steps to grow? You know, where, what have you got? What have you received? And then think about who might be in your life that you could share it with, and then you can help them share it with someone else. This is how things spread. This is how the early church changed the world, was that people helped people. So let me give you some very simple but practical steps you could take this week. I want you to think about who helped you. Who in your life has helped you grow? And just give thanks for them. And then I want you to think about who you could walk with. Who who do you know that you could spend some time with that you could encourage them and they could encourage you? You know, it's not, it doesn't have to be like you're the, you know, like the master and they're the, the, you know, Padawan learner. It can be a mutually encouraging relationship where you are walking together to grow. And then my third encouragement to you would be this week, pick one day and just experiment with living in the grace that Jesus gives you. Like, just think about, I'm going to do what I do in a normal day in God's power. I'm going to do driving in God's grace, and I'm going to do my job in God's grace, and I'm going to talk to people with God's grace. And that's where that power, that enablement, that it's holy, that comes from God, is such a wonderful thing. Because when you're leaning into God's grace, he will help you not say the thing that you might want to say that would not be a good thing to say. He's not going to let you, by his power, say something cruel or unkind. And so experiment with living a day focused on being strong in the grace that God provides you. So what I love about this is Paul, even after being talking about the difficulties he faced, doesn't give up. And he says to Timothy, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And then he says, share the things that you've learned from me. Share them with others so that others can know. And that's multiplication. That's what we do. And I want to encourage you to think about the fact that you have something as a follower of Jesus. You have something worth sharing. Ask God to show you how you can do that. Because we have hope. We have a message. We have a vision that's worth other people hearing and receiving. Let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you so much that your grace is available to us. It's not, you don't leave us on our own. You empower us to do the things that you have called us to do. And so, Father, I pray that you teach all of us how to lean into your grace. 
so that we will find, like Paul, how your power is perfected in our weakness. And then I pray, Father, that we would share what we have learned, that we would be multiplying people. We would be helping each other grow in Christ-likeness, that we would help each other grow in the ways of you, that we might see others come to know you. Lord, we'd ask that you would give us the grace to take the things that you put in us and help others. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.